Welcome to Brunch Gets Real, where we reflect on our mistakes from the past and share our advice on surviving life through our mid-twenties. So grab a mimosa and some avocado toast. Welcome Welcome back, guys. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Brunch Gets Real. We are so excited to talk about this week's episode. I feel like it's something a lot of people can relate to. Oh, yes. This is a hot topic for sure. And that would be the term fuck boys. And I guess you could say fuck girls. Yeah. That's would you say sluts, though? Mm, I don't. I think that's different. We'll, we'll get into that. I had a question about that, actually. that after. Yeah. I wanted to know, like, what your thoughts on were for the term slut. And if you think it's like a thing of like shaming or if now you think we've embraced it and it's not as kind of thrown around derogatory as it used to be. Yeah. Those are going to be, yeah, I have my, I definitely have my thoughts and opinions on those two terms. Um, So we'll definitely talk about that because I feel like those are two very, um, one is used more derogatory. Another is used more as a, it's more seen, well, for the girl, a fuckboy is seen like as a negative, but I think in guys' eyes, if you're like a fuckboy, it's kind of like cool in a way. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost celebrated, I guess, depending yeah. on, on the guy you're talking to. Yeah, so I think that's going to be a really, really awesome um, conversation. So that's what this episode is going to be focused on is just, fuckboy mentality, slut girl mentality, what that means in our culture nowadays, what it meant in college, what it is now, because I feel like my thoughts have changed a little bit since graduating college and the way I look at it. So it's going to be really, really good. Uh, But to start off, how was your week? It was good. I'm still orienting at my new job. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm still kind of, it feels weird because when you orient, you're shadowing somebody. You're not really on your own and you kind of feel like a little bit of a pest. Because yeah. your tail, it's like you're, yeah, you're like the little duckling for somebody showing you around, um, showing you the ropes. So I'm excited to be on my own, but uh, obviously the shadowing portion of it was necessary. Yeah. Uh, and it's a lot of uh, computer training. Oh, 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 do you do a lot of documenting? Yeah, that's what home care is actually, is a lot of documenting. Like, I think it's mostly to kind of, it's mostly for insurance, honestly, because what you document directly affects how we get paid Yep. and how these people can keep having these services. Yeah. So a lot of it is like what you're supposed to write and what's going to, help with like insurance continuing to pay for these uh, services. So it's definitely different from what I used to do. Uh, I recently had an admission. So I had my first admission. I was with my orienter still. What does that mean? But it was crazy because my preceptor said this has never happened before. So of course my first time was with, you know, a completely just unusual person. But I, we got there. And this lady, I don't know what it was, but she must not have taken her meds for days. And um, for anyone that doesn't know from the first episode, I deal with psychiatric patients. So I'm seeing them in their home. 
And this lady, either she hadn't taken her meds or she was in like a manic phase, but we ended up having to stop the admission. Like we stopped the interview process altogether and just left the building because my preceptor didn't feel safe. And she said that's never happened to her before. Uh, Yeah, it was kind of scary, not going to lie, because this person was not stable. And by any means. And obviously when you're doing an admission to a psych home care, they're not going to be a hundred percent stable, but she was talking conspiracy theories. The government's out to get her, uh, you know, don't talk to the police. Don't snitch. Like, I I don't trust you guys. So this lady was clearly not in a good headspace. Oh geez. That's so we had to leave. Yeah. We, we cut the interview short and we didn't end up admitting her. Wait, really? Yeah, because uh, not only that, but um, she had certain preferences related to ethnicity that we couldn't accommodate. Okay. Yeah, she didn't want anyone besides a white person to visit her. Oh. And we just can't do that. That's uh, illegal for a company to do. Yeah. So. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Is, you have some good work stories, though, I have to say. Especially, I remember in college, <laughs> being in the psych Mm, love a good psych unit (laughs) crazy ones but yeah the whole documenting i know for pts it's like a huge pain in the butt because and the way you write your notes depend like how you write your notes will pretty much also show the insurance company like how many like in terms of physical therapy how many visits um a patient needs so if you're not writing and being super descriptive or you don't write your note well that's like the patient may not get the visits that they actually need yeah it's it's kind of the same thing is super important but also the most tedious and the most annoying (laughs) i know it takes it takes a ton of time yeah so but that's awesome that's well you're starting off with a That's really cool. Yeah, for me, it's like the start of preseason, so football. So a lot of – so I'm going to go to work in a bit. Um, just a lot of night practices. But um, mm-hmm. Oh, and then um, this week – so actually yesterday, I observed at a pediatric intensive care unit. So I observed um, – physical therapist working there and I've never been exposed to that. I've only been in an orthopedic setting Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh, well props to nurses because Mm -hmm. honestly, I think I'd rather be on like if I, aside from physical therapy, if I had to choose between being a medical doctor and being a nurse, I'd rather be a nurse because you're actually interacting with the patients. Like you bond with the patients and that's my favorite part doctors just go in and out and while doctors are very much needed not totally they are so important obviously Uh, i think for me personally i would much rather be a nurse because i love getting to interact with the patients and getting to form those connections with them and the parents yeah walking in and out and actually like like yes solving the problem is like important to me but but making sure that they feel comfortable and that they're like more at ease in the whole process is like what I, I like doing. Um, It's a lot more at the bedside. Like being a nurse is a lot more, you know, being right there in the room with them, seeing how they are. Most of the information that doctors get is relayed by the nurses. Yeah. 
Yeah. They're, we're like their messengers almost and everything. We're the first line of defense. So what we see and any problems that arise, we're going to be the first ones to see it. Yeah. And, and then we're going to the doctor. And then you help with treatments, but there's, and that's, this is what I realized from nursing standpoint and then physical therapy that there is a huge treatment component. Obviously you're treating whatever they're going through, but there's a huge mental component, mm-hmm. especially, especially in inpatient, especially with kids. I was like, whoa. Um, so yesterday she saw babies, like little babies, like tiny, cute with like tubes sticking out everywhere. Um, and then, and we were doing like rehab with a little baby. So just like making sure the baby knows how to sit upright properly, um, how to roll over, like little things that you would never realize. And then, um, another patient we saw was, uh, this, I think he was like 10 year old boy who had just gone into cardiac surgery the night before. And I don't know why, like walking in there and seeing him and I'm like, I never had to go through that as a kid, and I can't imagine what that was. Yeah, living in the hospital. Heart surgery, living Mm -hmm. in this hospital, having to pee in front of everybody, and like not. It's it's a totally different experience. I do feel really bad for people that age that are stuck in a hospital and aren't able to just go to school every day and be outside like a normal seven-year-olds playing baseball like they have they're stuck in a hospital yeah but it's also very admiring too because this especially this little boy he was just I don't know he had such a positivity and it was so sweet and um and he was about to be discharged in like a few days so and he was just handling it so well and I'm just like oh if I were you I don't know if I'd be handling this the way you are Oh my gosh, that's that's really admirable though. Yeah, and then you and then the parents. Oh my god, those parents. God bless them because holy moly. And the way that the physical therapist was describing it to me is that the um for the parents all they want to do is just protect their kids from everything. Mm-hmm. And then when a tragic accident happens, they feel like it's their fault. And it's just being able to manage communication with the parents, with the family, with the kids. There's so much like communication and uh, a psycho- psychological and like a mental thing that goes on. And I think as oh, uh, yeah. parents, is so huge, like knowing how to speak to a parent, knowing how to speak to a kid. So yeah, I a lot of times people forget the amount of interaction you do have with the family. Yeah, it's so important. And so, yeah, I came out of there like, whoa. I definitely, it's so different than what I'm used to. I definitely want to experience it more. I think it's a very challenging um, area to be in. But, and so I don't know if that's something that I want to do, like actually work in because it is a lot, it's very heavy. But I have a huge appreciation for all those people that work there every single day. And you could tell that they actually love what they do and they love helping people. So I think that was really cool. Well, that's awesome. So, so a little bit of a nurse appreciation and physical therapy appreciation for that. Thank you, Elia. That was very (laughs) sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so then uh, I also took an, have you heard of Enneagram? Yes. I, I just looked that up yesterday. Wait, wait, no way. Yeah. You know why I did? 
Why? Because I heard Ben talk about it on his podcast. Oh, okay. I have heard it. One, Kristen Johnson. I feel like we're giving her so many shout outs. Another shout out. Yes. And another podcast too. Um, I don't know if you know, like uh, Jeremy Roloff from Little People Big World. No, but I mean, it sounds familiar. Yeah, so they were like a huge family show. Anyways, so him and his wife have their own book and their own podcast. And in their podcast, they talk about the Enneagram. And so I listened to their podcast and then I listened to the guy that inter- that they interviewed. And his whole podcast is on the Enneagram. So I took the test, but I've taken it before. So the two times, it's varied. So I'm between a two one and a three. through nine, right? Yeah. One so through I'm- nine? Yep, one through nine. So I'm between a two and a three. It, like this time I was more a two, last time I was more a three, but, and you have a wing. So kind of like what you, it's like you have one number, but then what you, another subset. Yeah. So I either am a three wing two or this time I was a two wing three. So, and after listening to the podcast, I'm like, oh my gosh, he just like explained how I go through in like relationships and life careers. So I think for next episode, Ooh, we you should take, about it. It, take it and then we could like talk about it. And then anybody else listening, you guys should definitely take it. It is. It, yes, it is a personality test, but there's so many different layers to it. And I think it's a lot more specific than just your average. Yes. And question personality test. Yeah. And there's so many um, layers like there, like, yes, you may be a two, but it varies like day by day. Sometimes it depends on the person, but it is. I remember taking it. I took it um, a while ago, like maybe last year. And I looked up yesterday because I was trying to brainstorm and remember which number I was because I actually couldn't remember. And then I realized that I was nine. You're a nine? Yeah, I'm a nine, which is the peacemaker, I guess. And it said, I thought it was funny because it said that you have, um, you're like the crown of all the numbers. Yes, so you can encompass of- everything in some way. Yes. And it said that because of this, the nines often have like an identity crisis and they don't really know who they are. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh, damn. That's. <laughs> Wait, so you should listen uh, to this. I'll like send it to you through text. The uh, Audrey. Audrey and Jeremy Roloff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll listen to it. on this because Jeremy is a nine. Oh, really? And his wife is an eight. So she's like very like overpowering and this like fierce person. And so they talk about what it's like in their relationship and how knowing what number they are, it helps them manage their relationship a lot better and understand each other. That's awesome. I think cross-checking to see like what say you're in a relationship or even with your friends, you can compare your numbers and see how maybe you would butt head sometimes and why and understand. Yeah. And understand why and also understand like, okay, how can I, like if I were to do something, I don't know, to me, it may mean one thing. And then to you, you may take it a whole other way. And right. then if I don't understand where you're coming from, I may get defensive. Like, what the heck? Like, why don't you get it? But if I understood how you're taking it, how I could better word it and better, like, I don't know. It, it's just, I think it's good to, and even for um, weaknesses, like knowing what your weaknesses are and like knowing the dark sides, I guess, of your number right. and how to, not go there or try to avoid it and try to like grow and become better. I think it's like super, super awesome. Yeah. And I found even just knowing like kind of or seeing it all written down and 
in detail, it yeah. sort of helps you understand, like, you're like, wow, I really do think like that sometimes, yeah. or wow, that is kind of how I react to situations. Yeah. And it really does put things into perspective. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I wrote a couple of questions down. I think we can start out. Do you want to start out with ghosting? Sure. I'm down. And then kind of transition to the fuckboy because it kind of leads into it, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think fuckboys and ghosting kind of go hand in hand a lot of the time too. Oh, oh yeah. Ghosting and then games because ghosting, uh, it depends. Well, I mean, games for sure. Because it's, it's a game. Okay, this is going to be good. <laughs> I right now have uh, my cousin has been going through some fuckboyery in the past oh, year. Yeah. So she has some good stories. I might share some. Yeah, um, sure. So uh, my question to you is, have you been ghosted before? Okay, so ghosted in terms of, so in college? I, I would say somebody, so ghosting for me isn't, isn't talking on Bumble or dating app okay. and then just not meeting up and it's just the conversation stops because okay. you haven't seen each other yet. Okay. Okay. So this is like you've hung out, you've texted for a while and then they just stop talking. Yeah. And then they just drop off the face of the earth. I would say that I wasn't expecting them to, uh, I would say yes and no. So I could think of two situations where, so uh, one time was, I think my junior year, this was somebody that I had met up with twice um, and we had been texting and he made it seem like he was like, when we were texting, he was very interested, so interested that I was a little bit taken aback. Like he would talk about like, going up to Maine in the summer. And I was like, dude, we, in my head, I'm like, whoa, but we just met. Like, what? So you're thinking future. But I was like, okay, maybe that's good. And we had hung out and it was good. This was the guy I met at um, Mohegan. Um, we were living at Hunting Lodge Apartments. I feel like this is a common theme with ghosting is a right? lot of them, the reason that it hurts so much is because a lot of them kind of promise more they yeah. promise like we're gonna hang out in the future they yeah. make it seem like everything is going perfectly fine yes. so yeah. when they don't respond or they kind of cut back on text or just sort of slowly drift away it's like well what happened yes so with this guy already there are a couple of red flags when we met up he he i remember talking to you about it i was like i was a little bit nervous because he basically dropped a huge truth bomb on me and this was like maybe the second time I had hung out with him about his past him going through some mental health issues that were the way he said it was he just threw it at me all at once mm -hmm. and I was not ready for that and talked to me about his past about his like friends and their drug addictions and then his own struggles and I was like oh gosh what am I getting myself into <laughs> and whatever but we hung out and then we texted all the time I remember after I think the third time hanging out, I, I went and we never did like I, I was at that point in my life where I did not want to cross that line. Like maybe we made out and stuff, but I was very adamant about we're not doing anything unless it's like something more serious. So which I'm very happy about because 
after that, I went home and then we texted, but then all of a sudden he was starting to act weird. And we were snapped, we had been Snapchatting, but he was responding less and less. Mm-hmm. This was after he dropped like a huge truth bomb on me. But I was like, you know what, whatever, people go through stuff. I'm just going to give it a chance. And the next day, I remember I had sent him a text and then he just did not respond. And that was that? Did not respond to my Snapchats. And I was like so confused because we had literally hung out the day before. He literally told me his whole life story. I was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, it's like there's no indication of like it going on. Yeah. And so Elia back then is like, what the heck? No, this is not okay. So instead of me letting it go, I'm like, I text him. I'm like, hey, what's going on? If something's going on, please just let me know because this is just so random and it's okay, whatever it is, and I'll move on. But like, what's going on? Is this? And he was like, I'm so sorry. And then he responded, he was like, I'm so sorry. I just, I forgot what he said. He was like, I'm just not, I don't know. He said something and I was like, Oh, that he wasn't in a good place mentally. I don't know. And honestly, okay, but at least that's like an excuse. Yeah. My problem with ghosting is you don't give someone the respect that they deserve. Yeah. Which is to tell them that you don't feel it or that it's not working out. Because no matter what, if I'm dating somebody, I always send them a text if I'm yeah. not feeling it. Even just a like mini blurb saying, hey, you're really awesome. I just maybe don't. It's not there all the way. It's not completely there. And it's nothing you did. It's just how I feel. And that's yeah. it. And that yeah, gives them 100%. some type of closure. Yeah. But I think, I think, I don't know, because I've never been in a situation where they've ghosted me. I've texted them asking, hey, what's going on? And they don't respond. Like, I don't yeah. think I've been a in complete ghosting. Yeah, I haven't, luckily, because the only other person I would say was the guy that I dated pretty much. It was the summer that you guys graduated, and he was like the best person ever. Remember, I don't want to okay. say, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was a very, very good, but it wasn't a full ghosting, it was just kind of a no, he like responding, he, yeah, every he, now and then not responding kind of thing. Yeah, he, I, he was moving, he was moving to California, and it was pretty much he had sold everything, and then that's when he like pretty much stopped responding to me. And then I, because we had been dating, I, at, like, he what he didn't respond at all for, like, days. So then I reached out and I was like, what's going on? Is everything okay? Can you just let me know what's going on? Because I'm very confused. But mm-hmm. he did say, and then he reached out and we talked and everything was good. So I don't, I don't, I don't think I've been in a situation where i've been yeah. i don't necessarily think i have either i think i've definitely been in a situation where i dated somebody probably the co- closest to ghosting i would say is somebody i dated for a while and it seemed to be going amazingly and then um something happened where one of us went on vacation for a couple of weeks and then we just oh, yeah, i remember that yeah, yeah. And then we just didn't schedule another date and it's funny because i didn't want to be i'm the type of person i'm a little bit uh I don't want to be the one that reaches out. I want yeah. you to reach out to me. And I think that's because that's like a fear of rejection and all this shit. Like, yeah. I just don't want to be the one that does that. So I was waiting for him to yeah. do it. So we both just, and you know what? He could have been waiting for me to reach out too. I don't know. Yeah. It could have been either thing. So I, I think 
we just kind of didn't say anything to each other after that. And that was it. And that, that was the closest to ghosting I ever got. But yeah. I wouldn't consider that ghosting necessarily because I didn't ask him anything that yeah. he could have responded to. Yeah. That he just didn't, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it depends on the situation. Because I've definitely heard from other conversations, like people that they will text, ask something, everything's going well, and they just stop responding. Like with my cousin, uh, oh my God, he was a shitty ass person. Um, they had been talking, FaceTiming every single day, texting every day. She would drive up to like an hour to see him at his apartment. Well, he came down once the first time to see her and they actually went on a date. And then the following time she would drive up to see him, but they would always hang out like at his apartment already. That's kind of a red flag in my eyes. She's young. She's 20 years old. So she's prime young college age. This is where, what we all go through at this time. And he would be, I remember her talking to me about like, they would FaceTime literally almost every single day. Then all of a sudden he just stopped after they hung out maybe once or twice at his place, he just stopped talking to her. And I remember her being, but then would Snapchat her, but just wouldn't stop texting her. And that's, so this is, I would say this is an F boy and this is an F boy mind game. They stop talking to you, but they Snapchat you, right? Continuously, but not, they don't say anything really in their Snapchats. It's just like a picture of their face. Mm -hmm. And then, for weeks and she would reach out he wouldn't respond she's like what's going on he wouldn't respond hmm. just very bad and then eventually i think weeks passed by she kind of would respond to his snapchats and it's so funny this is what i mean by the game and especially now with the younger population she always talks to me about snapchat and the snapchat game so if you so a guy will snapchat you and then to play the game, you leave him on open so you don't Snapchat back. And this could just be a picture of their face. This is really funny to me. Or you could Snapchat them back. So then that's you showing interest. And so I guess yeah. they were on this back and forth Snapchatting game where one would leave the other undelivered. It's just so complicated. I'm like, why is it yeah. so complicated? I'm like, it's I'm like, too much to ask for. Right? I'm like, just, I was okay. going to say, is it too much to ask for that you just show somebody that you're interested? Yeah. yeah. Or I think in my eyes, that's already a red flag. The fact that you're reading into the Snapchat delivered open situation already, you know that it's probably not a good scenario. Right. When games are involved, it's usually it's not a good scenario. Not good. And so then, but this is crazy. So then he comes back, right? After ghosting, comes back, texts her and is like, hey, I'm so sorry about what I did to you. I, like, I won't do that again. That was really terrible of me. And she was like, no, like what you did was like hurtful. And I, I don't think I can trust you again. It's going to take time. But she kind of gave in a little bit. And he, he was like, I won't ever do that, that again. I am so sorry. So she drove to his place. They hung out. A few days later, he stopped talking to her. Oh, man. So that is straight up ghosting and manipulation and F-boy, in my opinion. So, okay, that leads us into kind of this F-boy term. 
Yes. I think it gets thrown around a lot more than it actually needs to be. Now. I, I agree. Because I think nowadays girls, if something doesn't go their way or a guy maybe just isn't that into you, they'll go, oh, he's just an F boy. Yes. He's a fuck boy. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, oh. I mean, it's like thrown around. Like, even with the whole Blake situation in Paradise, I don't think he's an F-boy at all. I think he's just a single guy playing the field. Yeah, like, to me, an F-boy would be somebody who purposefully leads you on, manipulates your emotions, and then is doing that to multiple girls at the same time. Mm-hmm. Somebody, I would say somebody that sleeps around or somebody that ma- manipulates your emotions for a game. Yes, I, I agree. And the perfect example was my the, the F-boy that my cousin had to deal with. He deliberately was saying all these things to her for a reason and then would stop talking to her. Yeah, and like unfortunately, usually it's to get to sex. Yeah, and that to me, because I think one thing is a guy being like, in the term like slut, being a slut, if you want to use it, or a man whore, or he's just sleeping around playing the field, but he's an up sh- upfront person. Like he tells you, okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is the only thing that I want. Yes. And the it, key is honesty. Yeah. And so that is okay. But for me, a f- like, like I agree with you, a fuck boy is somebody that manipulates you. Mm-hmm. And, and doesn't doing it to multiple truths or doesn't say the full truth. So even with, I feel like you probably got this too in college. When a guy would show interest, and this is why girls have trust issues, a guy would show interest, they'll text you, they act interested, they're like, wow, you seem so awesome, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Cool. You're texting often, they text you all the time. They ask to go to dinner with you, go to lunch with you. And it's funny because I feel like most of the time the girls initially aren't that interested. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's usually the case. And then you're like, okay, you know what? They're showing interest. Why not? Cool. And then, cause I, and then whatever, they ask you to dinner and then you, okay, let me give them a chance. I'll go to dinner. And then last minute they text you, Hey, can we just order takeout instead at your place? Oh, classic. That's like red flag. And then I'm like, no, like, why not? Let's just go for drinks or coffee. I don't know what it was in college for dessert. I don't know. And then they're like, no, like, I, I can't because I have a meeting or blah, blah, blah. Let's just order takeout at your place or let's just or come back to my place and we'll or I'm so tired. Just come back to my place and we'll watch a movie. That to me is like, dude, if you're looking for Netflix and chill, just say you're looking for Netflix and chill from the get-go, you know? <laughs> you could even just say Netflix and chill from the beginning. So to me, my alarms would be going off, and I would be thinking to myself, this might not be serious. So do you think that that's like a subtle way for guys to just be like, hey, I'm not looking for anything serious. This is a casual, maybe a hookup scenario. I think, I think, yeah, I think that's their way of saying this is a hookup scenario. I don't like that because you're making a girl, you're making it seem to a girl that you're genuinely interested in her by talking to her for weeks and then asking her to dinner. When you could talk to her for weeks, but 
say, hey, do you want to just be straight up and say, hey, do you want to just come over my, to my place and watch a movie? Don't you know? act like it's more than it is. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. In that way, it's like you, you're upfront about it. Hey, like, and you're not even saying, hey, let's have sex or let's hook up. You're saying, hey, come back and like, just say it. Hey, do you want to come back to my place on Friday night and watch a movie? Just paint it like that because right. that way the girl knows that, okay, it's not so serious and that they just want to get to know me. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's probably going to be something more than that. And at yeah. least the girl knows what's going on in that way because then the guy's always like, oh, well, she wanted more. I don't know why she thought that. And I'm like, you literally asked her out. It like that. Yeah. yeah, I think the key is, is communication and being honest. So if you're somebody who goes to the bar and has a lot of one-night stands, hooks up with women, but you're upfront about it, I wouldn't necessarily consider that a fuckboy. No, not at all. Because you're being upfront. Like, even I think one-night stands are even easier because you go to the bar, you buy a girl a drink or whatever, you hit it off. And then as soon as the guy tells you, hey, want to go back to my place? You, you know what that means. Right. Being upfront about it, they're whatever. So you know what to expect. And now that is the girl's fault if they take it as something more. As right. All the signs are there pointing towards this yes. isn't serious. Yes. Don't get it twisted and think yeah. that it is. You yeah. know, yeah. that's yeah. definitely on the girl. In my opinion. I think that it's like a, it's like a way to trick you into falling for them enough yes. to have sex, do whatever. Yes. And then once they have that, they'll drop you. Just wipe your hands clean. You're done. Yeah. And to me that I think that's so shady. Just be straight up with what your intentions. Like I said, you don't have to say, I just am looking for a hookup. Just there's subtle ways to show that. For example, like Netflix and chill and all that. And that makes it so much better. And then going back to my cousin scenario, guys will do that where, especially now with Snapchat, I guess, they'll like stop texting you, but he was Snapchatting her to kind of keep her, like he was stringing her along. Like, yeah, yeah, keep that contact. Because in her head, he's like, okay, he's not, he stopped texting me, but he's still Snapchatting me. So he must be interested in me. And then that's Snapchat is where the fuck boys live. Oh. Oh, and I have a story about that. Now that you say that, Snapchat is where the fuckboys live. I don't know. Do you have any experiences with that? With the- I, so I don't really have experiences with, uh, I don't know how, I don't know if I would call anyone a fuckboy that I dated necessarily. I think I've had experiences though, definitely, where I was more invested in a relationship than the other person. Mm-hmm. And they, ne- they weren't 100% honest with me. And maybe they weren't leading me on per se, but they weren't ready for a relationship and they weren't ready for commitment. Yeah. And so I've had a situation where uh, we were dating for so long Mm -hmm. and did everything right, went on dates, met the friends, didn't meet the family, but everything was kind of leading towards a relationship. And then at the end of it, the guy said, so what are we? And the talk happened and it was a friends with benefits situation or so he thought. But in that case, it's like, why, if it's a friends with benefits situation, are you acting like a boy type of way? Yeah. Why am I meeting all of your friends? Why are we going on these nice dates? Yeah. Why does it seem like 
we're in a relationship. Yeah. Is you this, know, is this the freshman year experience one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, no, that was, you would think, we all thought you guys were dating, dating. And you guys were, but he made it seem like it wasn't like that, right? Well, no, he made it seem like it was up until the very end. Yeah, yeah, that. And perfect. you know what? It could have been a change of heart. It could have been, because this guy was graduating. He was a senior when I was a freshman. Yeah. So it could have been a change of heart or a situation where he thought, this person, being me, has four more years of college left, and I'm graduating, and I'm going out into the real world. Are yeah. we going to last? Yeah, that could be so, for sure. So I think that's the closest I ever... I, I don't know if I would call anyone that I dated a fuckboy. Just somebody who... Because usually I can tell. <laughs> yeah, no, same. But I think for me, I wouldn't say I dated him, but this is a fuckboy for sure. That happened recently, but I didn't date him. Uh, I went to Vegas, met this guy. He's 33. Um, it was just like a for fun thing, whatever. We exchanged numbers. And he had told me he was from Glastonbury, which he is originally from. And then... <laughs> uh, Long story short, so he was Snapchatting me while he was, he went on this trip to France. So he was Snapchatting me. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense because Snapchat, Wi-Fi, whatever. And was being flirty, very like direct and whatever. And he's 33. So I was like, this is so funny that, no offense to 33 year olds out there. I, I just thought it was funny that he was using, like actively using Snapchat because I feel like for 33 year olds, they'll mostly like text or because even when he got back, he would still Snapchat me. And already that was a red flag. And I, I was like, Hmm, there's something not right. I told you Snapchat's where they live. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so, and the thing is I couldn't find him on Facebook. Couldn't find him on Instagram. Anyways, long story short, turns out he has a girlfriend. Mm. And I was like, huh. I was like, I knew it. I knew it because Snapchats go away. Snapchat you, it's because you can text on Snapchat and it completely disappears. Yeah, and I know that I wasn't the only girl. Like, And I know that she either didn't know he had Snapchat or she didn't have Snapchat because all his story pictures were of himself. Like, there was, she was never in them. So I don't think she knew he had Snapchat or she just didn't have a Snapchat. And... For him to have a Snapchat and just Snapchat pictures of himself, especially in his stories, that means he has other girls that he's Snapchatting. Hey. And I felt, I'm like, that is awful. Like, for me, I was like, I wasn't even, like, invested in it because he lived in Virginia. So I, but I was just like, he's a fuckboy. Like, that is a fuckboy. Um, so do you think that we live in a day and age now where no one, like there, very few people are looking for exclusivity. That's hard. Cause because I, I think now it's so much easier to sleep around so much easier to meet people. You have so many options at your fingertips. It's really, it's at least when I was dating, it seemed like impossible to find somebody who is truly looking for something serious. Yeah. I think, in college, especially in college. The younger you are, especially, looking, yeah. yeah. Looking back at it now, I'm like, it makes sense. And, like, finding the love of my life in college just does not seem right to me anymore because there's so many changes that we go through. But in college, I for sure felt that, especially, I think, now more than in the years past, 
if you talk to our parents, I don't think that they felt that way. No, because they didn't have all these like things at their fingertips. They didn't have they didn't have social media is basically what it was because social media now people are meeting literally off of Instagram. Yeah. Instagram is a dating app pretty much. It's crazy. It's almost like you think, okay, this person's wonderful and amazing, but there's a hundred other people that I see online that are also wonderful and amazing. And what if I can get them? And it's so easy to get them and not even, I think sure they, somebody may be in a relationship, but that also brings up the whole issue of infidelity. It makes cheating so much easier. You trip, open up a Tinder, hit up some random girl. She'll come to your place if it's a guy and vice versa. If you're a girl and you want to cheat, you just, you're away. Yeah. Open up Tinder, Hinge, not probably not Hinge, Tinder, Bumble, whatever. And nowadays cheating is like not, I don't want to say not frowned upon, but it's sort of almost expected. It, it, it is. I think it's a lot of the times expected. Like when someone cheats, I feel like 10 years ago, it was the end of the world. That person's a complete, just disgusting person. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. How can you do that to somebody? But now it happens so often that it's almost accepted. And I think that's what makes dating hard too, because you then have so many like concerns and worries and that's my issue. And I think for me, that's why I am so hesitant to go out in the dating game because I'm just like, I just don't want to deal with all this stuff. Yeah. You're afraid of like the consequences and you know, maybe them not being faithful or them sleep. Like it's you, there's so many what ifs. Oh yeah. 100%. And going back to college, I think my expectations were kind of low with guys. I assumed everyone was not faithful. I just assumed it. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say I dated, I've ever dated an F boy, like dated, dated. I think all the guys I've dated have been, yes, like you said, where you probably, I probably had more interest in them than me or vice versa, whoever the situation, but it was never a situation where. I was complete, like I was manipulated that I was dating. I think, and you know, the only one person that I actually could say is a master manipulator, you know who that is. Yeah. But you didn't necessarily date him. No. And I knew who he was and I knew his game, but he was a master manipulator. And luckily I didn't date him because I knew that, but it also didn't mean that I didn't fall for his game sometimes. Like I would play the game too. I've been seeing a lot more nowadays. Uh, people, even celebrities, in open relationships. That's so weird to me. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think it's an excuse to sleep around. <laughs> I think it's an excuse to not be completely faithful to one person, but also not necessarily have that label of cheating on that person yeah. because you're in an open relationship. This is what you signed up for. It's what I, you agreed to. I think people like having the comfort of feeling like they're in a relationship, but also people don't like to be vulnerable enough to be a hundred percent open and committed to one person. 
yeah maybe it's too scary for them maybe they're not ready for it and they want to have the availability of other people around but they like because people nowadays are glorifying open relationships saying oh it's the best because you have so much love and dedication to this one person but you can explore options with other people to me that's just like not natural I don't think it's natural either. And I think no matter what, I mean, maybe I'm sure there's people out there that are in open relationships that are very happy because maybe both of them are in the same boat and they both want to explore other options while coming back to the same person. But I think a lot of the times you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Because it, it's just not help. Well, if you're thinking about healthy relationships, to me, it's not healthy unless if you're in an open relationship and you've established strict rules on how it's going to work, then maybe it can be healthy. But for the most part, I personally don't think it's healthy. And I'd love to like talk to somebody, or I wish one of our friends were in an open relationship yeah. and I can get their perspective because I know there's people out there that yeah. really stand by it and think it yeah. works. But I'm just in my mind, it seems like a friends with benefits situation. It is. I guess for us, it's different too, because we're different. We think a little bit differently in that we really value connection and just human interaction more so than just the physical. Right. The physical is very important. But like when we care about people, we care about them. And I think to, to me, if you're very secure in who you are and the other person is too, having a monogamous relationship is very attainable. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do think as you get older, obviously, just imagine being with one person for the rest of your life. There are, like, you have to really work for it to try to make things fun and exciting and keep the love there and the passion. Right. It's scary, for sure. I mean, you think about, is this person really my forever person? Yeah. And there's going to be doubts, for sure. Yeah. But it's, you can't let the doubts win. You have to just keep pushing through. The reason that I think a lot of relationships fail is because they let the doubts kind of creep in and they don't push through the hard times. Yeah. And And as soon as it gets hard, they think, okay, well, I don't need this person. I have so many other options that like that I can go for. Maybe that'll work. Yeah. And the thing is, there's never going to be that perfect person or that perfect relationship. So you're just going to keep bouncing around from relationship to relationship. I do think that there is that person that compliments you pretty well and that you, through any like conflict, that person and and you can work together to overcome those conflicts. Doesn't like, I think having arguments in a relationship is very normal. It's just- I think it's necessary too, because the way that you react to an argument is- tells a lot about who you are as people and how you're going to react in the future. For sure. And I feel like how, so if you have, if you're in a relationship with somebody, you're always having arguments. It's how you handle those arguments that shows the strength in the relationship. And that shows the strength in the two people and your compatibility. Because one thing is having arguments and then never getting anything resolved, having a lot of resentment towards each other that just shows you're in an unhealthy relationship. You're not communicating properly. You have two different communication styles and you're not understanding where the other person's coming from. Yes. Yeah. And if you're not willing to fix it, then you're not meant to be together. But if you have 
two people that they have their differences. They don't may not always see eye to eye, but they communicate openly. They uh, try to understand where the other person's coming from, and they try to work through the problems in a healthy way. Then that's a healthy relationship, and that's somebody that is meant to be with you. Yeah, you can't run at the first sign of conflict. No, that's not how it works. I know it's it's tough and it's scary, but I just think people give up too easily. Yeah, or people. I think. I mean, like any issue, it all stems from insecurities, fear. Fear. It all comes from cheating. I feel like is a, and that's one thing. One thing is cheating. Like, okay, maybe like your boyfriend kisses somebody one time and whatever. But then another thing is having a full on affair. So I think there's so many different layers. So I think with cheating people that cheat, it's because they're afraid that they're going to get cheated on. They're afraid or, or maybe they're not happy with the relationship, but they haven't expressed that to their partner. And instead of communicating with them and working through the problem, they go off and cheat and it ultimately ends up being 10 times worse than if they had just yeah if they had communicated just with that. their with their significant other so no matter what cheating always comes from some place and if you're cheating because you're afraid to get cheated on then you need to leave that relationship and also do some self reflecting but if you're cheating because like you said that situation then you need to be open and talk to your um, partner about it it's easier said than done. We're speaking about this, like it's like the easiest thing in the world. Obviously, it's not. But I mean, even listening to all these podcasts about um, different relationships and, and the Enneagram and all of that. And even this past year for, I think for us out of college, we've done a lot of self-reflecting. We've kind of looked back at our college life. And I've looked back at this past year and I'm like, when in college, I didn't realize a lot of my own patterns that I feel like I would always blame it on the other person. And yes, while the other person had some blame, I also have to take ownership of my own action and actions and be like, okay, why do I keep gravitating to this kind of person? And why am I doing the same thing? And now it's realizing, looking at myself, okay, I need to work on this. I need to not go for this kind of person. And, you know, I think, to make any relationship successful, you have to do a lot of self-reflecting. Self-reflecting. Yeah. For me, I was kind of the opposite. I always thought it was my problem. I always thought I was the reason that something didn't work out. And I think a lot of it was self-sabotage for fear of it not working out. So I would think that a relationship was, I would have doubts in a relationship or maybe think that they weren't that into me. Mm-hmm. And so then I would pull back. And I would put up these walls because I didn't want to get hurt. And in return, the other person pulled back and it just didn't work out. And I think that happens a lot is the self-sabotage or fear of getting hurt. Yeah. You end up ruining it yourself. And it's almost like, it's like even in life, I think, you know, say for example, you're studying for an exam. If you, it's almost for me, easier to digest if I only studied um I procrastinate up until the night before an exam I study for 10 hours straight or whatever before an exam and then take it and I do badly it's like okay it's not because I'm dumb it's because I didn't study or enough and I would have done better if I had studied whereas if I had 
planned ahead, study a little bit every day, actually time managed and then did poorly. It's like, that's, oh damn, I'm an idiot, you know? Oh yeah. It's self-sabotage. It oh, really is. And I think that's so true because even, I think we all self-sabotage in different ways because I am for sure a self-sabotager, but not in your, in your way. I'm a self-sabotager in that I think everything that can go wrong and I'm thinking way ahead without, <laughs> without, I need to just be present in the moment. And I think way ahead, just even, I think the biggest example of that would be um, just with my friend from the past where I was, I knew what I was feeling and I knew where he was at and I saw where it was going but I weighed in all the factors of why it wouldn't work and why it shouldn't work and why it couldn't work. So I took it upon myself to just put up boundaries and restrictions and rules to make sure that I wouldn't get invested in it and that we would just stay friends and we weren't going to let things happen for what they would. Yeah. It's all self-preservation. Yeah. And, but, and it all stems from my own insecurities. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would, and, and so I would do all these things and I'd be mad. Like, why, why are they acting that way? I'm trying to prevent any of us from getting hurt. Why? (laughs) And then I would, so my fear is always, getting hurt in the process so i try to do everything my best ability i try to control the outcome that is and sometimes you can't sometimes you just gotta let things happen like you said be present in the moment don't think too much about what if in the future because a lot of the times when you're thinking when you're thinking about the future worrying about the future you're projecting it onto what's happening now yeah and it may not even be an issue oh 100 and this is something that i didn't notice of myself before until now that I'm out out of all of that and I look back and I'm like whoa I want to have control of the situation because I don't want me to get hurt but I also don't want them to get hurt either (laughs) like I want everything to be nice and dandy and it stems from my fear of making mistakes of fear of failure so many different things and then with you it's more of you just don't act upon anything like instead of you you don't really control the outcome you just don't do anything and you pull back and then you just let things yeah it's a, it's a great way to live i know <laughs> so i think we're like opposites of the spectrum but we need to both come towards come the- to the middle we need to compromise work on ourselves i think there's always room for growth and oh, i i've i'm really I think it's a, the first step is just recognizing that you do do these things and <laughs> it's changing. It's working towards changing them. It's not going to happen overnight, but recognizing your problems and recognizing your issues is the first step. Oh, one. Yes. And of yourself. And that I feel like that's the first step in having meaningful friendships and having meaningful relationships and also finding that like the per your own person. I, it's it's super important. I also think that's why we work so well together too, because we hit, we're similar in core aspects, but we're very different in how we may how we react to situations, yeah. and then that helps us come together. Yeah. Well, that was uh, a really great 
conversation. I yeah, love that. was like a little bit of a therapy session. I liked it. I love this kind. Like it makes me feel so much better <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, we got a little bit off on tangents, but I think they were good tangents. They were really good. I love talking about this stuff. And that's why the Enneagram takes a test because. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely, I'm going to go and listen to that podcast maybe awesome. later on today. Mm-hmm. So wow. um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want more things like this, that would be great. You guys could also write in your own stories and we could probably share them on the podcast. We'll see. Yeah. Let us know if you like the storytelling or if you like the advice or. If you like the pop culture, let us know what you like the best because we are happy to oblige. And I think maybe next week we can talk maybe more about, well, we can talk, we'll, we'll ask the Instagram. We'll do a poll. How about that? We'll we'll do it because there's so much. I love, I love these deep talks and self-reflecting and it's cool to see where we, how far we, both of us have come. Yeah, definitely. Uh, young Aaron and Elia, and we're like, oh, there's babies, um, and see where we are now. So I think this is like super fun. And also, if you guys enjoyed this episode, just screenshot it and give us a shout out, and we'll repost it on our story as well. Yeah, we always appreciate the feedback. And it's been really good. So, any so down. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Woo! Bye. Yup, 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 yup. Skipped out on breakfast. No time for lunch. Life's been so hectic. Let's go to brunch. A cup of fresh berries. Bloody Mary, whole squad vegan, ain't messing with no dairy, I just gotta know, can't we just relax and take it slow, just enjoy the show, I'ma get you another mimosa, and a side of salmon, and have you tried the quiches yet, them shits is out this planet, and you need some antioxidants, some pomegranate, and if you wanna take a